This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Mile High Ambulance. The Emergency Medical Minute is excited to announce that we are now offering AMA, PRA, Category 1 credits. This is accessible through our online course modules that can be accessed at www.emergencymedicalminute.org backslash CME-courses, or simply by clicking on the link in our show notes and creating an account. Not just a medical minute, a fascinating medical minute. All right. Oh, how we love our interesting patients. So this is actually a throwback Tuesday, back to last Halloween. I had a patient with John Timmons. So she was a 31-year-old female, and she complained of fever, myalgia, shortness of breath, and mild chest discomfort. So in October, what was our leading diagnosis? COVID, probably. All right. Would you like more information? Her O2 sats were 92%, her blood pressure 105 or 64, heart rate 77, temp of 103.9. Actually, her heart rate wasn't 77, it was 119. And respiratory rate of 18. She had clear lungs, a murmur on her heart exam. She had track marks on her arms and she admitted to IV drug use, sometimes meth, sometimes heroin. So now what diagnosis are you thinking about? Endocarditis, maybe endocarditis, all right. Let's get some more information. So her white count was five, her lactate was normal, her chest x-ray was negative, her uh, urinalysis had 50 white blood cells and six to 10 squamous. So maybe UTI, everything else looking negative. So she had blood cultures sent and uh, within 12 hours she grew three out of three positive blood cultures with Staph aureus. So Ian is right. The diagnosis that we're thinking about is um, endocarditis. So what would be your next test that you want to just nail that diagnosis? Maybe an ultrasound. So an echocardiogram, right? That would be be kind of our standard. So uh, she had a transthoracic echocardiogram and all of her heart valves were normal. So what are we to make of this? Does the patient actually have endocarditis? Does she not have endocarditis? Like... Brain tumor. That's right. Exactly. Well, she got angry and left AMA uh, from the uh, ICU. So we're never, we'll never really know. But uh, I want <laughs> yeah, isn't that a great ending to that story? <laughs> but I want to talk a little bit uh, about the diagnosis of endocarditis and how we make the diagnosis. So it's actually a fairly lethal diagnosis. Some studies say that up to 33% of people who are diagnosed with endocarditis are dead within a year. So that's a big deal. And, you know, they can grow all kinds of funky different organisms. So finding out exactly what organism they have is the key. That's why blood cultures are so important. So there are a few different ways you can diagnose endocarditis. Uh, They're called the Duke criteria. But the first criteria, you can have pathological criteria, which is that you actually cut off a piece of their heart valve and it has vegetations that are consistent with endocarditis. That's usually not a very convenient way to diagnose patients, requiring them to either be dead or have major heart surgery. So the second criteria is you can have positive blood cultures plus positive echocardiogram findings, which we didn't have in this case. But you might have heard I said she had a transthoracic echocardiogram, which is much less sensitive. What she needed was a transesophageal echocardiogram. Unfortunately, she didn't stick around in the hospital long enough to get that. So if you have those two, a positive echo and positive blood cultures, then that's definitive endocarditis. And then there's a long list of other things, which if you meet all of these criteria, then it's said that you have endocarditis, and I'll just kind of rattle through them quickly. Uh, You can have fever, 
plus an underlying heart condition like rheumatic heart disease or IV drug use. So those are two of the criteria. Um, you need to have vascular phenomena. So like you have a septic PE, you've got uh, an embolus to the brain, you've got a mycotic aneurysm or an intracranial hemorrhage or conjunctival hemorrhages. You have to have that also. Or you can have something called Janeway lesions, which are little flat, like bloody spots that are felt to represent uh, emboli to the hands. You can have rheumatologic features, like your kidneys are failing from glomerulonephritis, or have Osler's nodes, which are similar spots, but they're like tender and uh, raised. Or you can have raw spots, which are hemorrhages seen on the retina, on retinal exam. And then you still have to have a positive blood culture and some evidence of infection. So that's a checklist of like, 10 things that you have to have if you don't have a positive echocardiogram. So again, in her case, we'll never know. On our part from the emergency department, it's important that we always send three blood cultures. That's the standard rather than the two blood cultures uh, if we're worried about endocarditis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Health One Continental Division and Swedish Medical Center for their financial contributions to the EMM. Donations from them and listeners like you make it possible for us to fulfill our mission of producing and spreading free medical education to the masses. If you enjoy our show, please consider making a one-time or reoccurring donation to help cover our operational costs and keep the EMM awesome. Click on the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you for listening.